You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by The Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. Mark Vesey is a previous guest we've had on the Partner Podcasts, and we're bringing this information out to those listeners because it's specific information related to the crisis. Mark Vesey is the president of Leadership for Lawyers, which is a consulting firm that helps law firms and lawyers become better leaders. He provides training and coaching to lawyers and executives in the areas of leadership, innovation, management, and business development. And his website is leadershipforlawyers.com. Today, Mark is sharing some productivity tips with us that I hope can help you stay productive during this crisis. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on the Partner Podcast. Today, we have Mark Beasy, a friend and a previous guest on our show. And today, we're talking about 12 productivity tips when working from home. Mark, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me, Scott. So it's an interesting world. And at the time of this recording, we're in the midst of the probably the biggest health crisis our nation has seen. And it's affecting law firms. It's affecting attorneys. It's affecting everybody around the world all at the same time. So you're a consultant to the legal industry. What are you seeing that's happening in law firms, those that are working remotely now? And what are you hearing from your clients? Well, I do a lot of phone coaching and I've been connecting with a lot of clients. Most of my clients are are AMLA 100 and 200 firms, uh, three or four global 10 firms. A lot of people now have been working from home one, two, three, four weeks. And you're starting to see a lot more stress and fear, certainly isolation. I think when people started this, they thought that they might see the light at the end of the tunnel after two or three weeks. And now that light's getting farther and farther away and not really knowing what to expect. I think happily for most of my clients, their practices still go on. Uh, Most of my lawyer clients are are busy. Their clients, for the most part, are continuing projects, although some have been put on hold. Overall, I would say there's a lot of anxiety going on about how long is this going to last? It's just longer than a a big snowstorm. Is this going to go into April? Is this going to go into July? Is this going to go into December? And how is this going to affect our practice? And so I think as time goes on and uncertainty goes on, that anxiety increases. I'm kind of curious what you've seen in terms of the reaction. Have you seen some firms that have had an easier time at adapting? And if so, why do you think that is? I think the firms that are, that are having an easier time adapting have been farther along in the evolution of giving people a chance to work from home and manage remote teams. I think those firms who have gone through that process of saying, okay, you know, we're going to have some flexible work rules. You can work uh, from home one day a week or two days a week, or, or we're going to have uh, teams that pull from people from different offices and different practice groups. And people are, are used to communicating with their clients and with each other that way are, are farther along. Those that have had a culture that's more traditional, and you have to show up in an office and you work within local face-to-face teams, they're, they're having a more difficult time. Right. So what, what advice would you have for those people that are working from home, which is everybody, and maybe they're new at it, they're trying to be as productive as in the office? What are a couple of ideas that you'd recommend for them to keep in mind as they try this new normal? You know, Scott, I think you're right. It is everybody. I, I just had a uh, 
a Skype conference with a, um, a colleague in Lagos, Nigeria, and he was working from home wow. <laughs> and everybody is working from home and he's planning a, a conference in a couple of weeks on, on the crisis and how to react to it. And he's got 15 speakers and it's all going to be virtual. So wow. you're right. It's, it's quite literally everybody. You know, I left my last law firm 12 years ago as a CMO and I've been consulting since. And uh, a lot of my work is with clients at their place of, of, of work. I do a lot of training, a lot of coaching, but otherwise I work from a home office. So I've been doing this for about, for about 12 years. And, and some of the things that have helped me is remembering to get dressed, right? You mm-hmm. wake up, stick to your routine as much as possible. If you normally work 8.30 to 5, try to work 8.30 to 5. You know, this morning, I, I know I have a couple of uh, Zoom conferences and I'm meeting with you. So I got dressed. It's not quite you know, the, the tie and suit that I might wear in an office, mm-hmm. but it's really pro, you know, professional because people are going to see me over video. I've created a dedicated workplace and it doesn't have to be fancy, but I know that when I'm at my desk and I have my shelves here and, and my computer and my, my whole setup, I know this is a place to work. This um, small area in my, my furnished basement says this is workplace for me. I can go other places in the house and it's not work. And so I can get to put my my work hat and face on at that uh, at this place. And let me let me um, ask you this: yeah. uh, kind of the first tip that you mentioned, tip number one. And I like the article that you wrote about this on your blog. And if uh, anybody wants to read that, go to leadershipforlawyers.com and click on the link that says blog, and it'll take you there. And this is a great article, Mark. This is fantastic. But, but I like the get dressed. Do you think people? I mean, when one one thing I've done is that when I work in my home office. I got to wear shoes. Normally, I don't, I don't wear shoes at home, right? We take our shoes off. I found that when I come to my office and if I'm wearing shoes, I feel like I'm at work. Do you think some people, do they put on a suit or do you think khakis and a polo shirt or a sweatshirt is good enough? What do you think? I, you know, I think it depends for everybody. I, I love that shoe comment because I'm the same way. You, know, you have to tell your brain, today's a work day. I have to be at work. And so we're there. It's, it's something presentable. I think the temptation is... To, to work from home and it feels and make it feel like a Saturday morning. Right. And, and you're wearing your, your jammies and you haven't shaved for four days. And uh, the people, your clients aren't really going to know unless you're on a video conference with them, but your brain knows, right? And right. then you start thinking, well, if it's Saturday morning, you know, I can hang out with the kids for, uh, for a half an hour or I could do this, do that. And it starts, it starts eating into your psyche about, you know, this, this gray area between uh, work and home. Scott, I think, I think we're going to be in this for a while. This, this is not, I don't think, going to go away anytime soon. I think a lot of people might be working this way, you know, for, for months. And who knows what's going to happen with flare-ups afterwards. So right. I think we have to kind of get our, get our game going with working at home and develop some good habits. Because as we spoke before the program started, this, this may be one of those permanent culture changes. Not that we're always working from right. home, but maybe... Our culture changes so that we'll ha- we're having more one or two days working from home or other places, right? And developing those good habits now can really be handy. And I like that. I like the fact that you talk about habits like a ritual, where every day, tip number one, you get dressed. Tip number two, stick to your routine as much as possible. Tip number three, create a dedicated workspace. Is there anything within the workspace that you found specifically could give an attorney an edge in working at home? Uh, well, I was, I was talking to, I was coaching a lawyer yesterday. He set up a, a small office upstairs from his garage. And he said, it works just great. He actually literally walks out of the house, 
walks into the garage, walks upstairs, and now he's got a workplace. That's wonderful. Most of us don't have that ability. But if you can locate your workplace outside of the bedroom, not in the kitchen, away from high traffic areas with other people in the house, that'd be really good. Try to make it somewhat permanent. You know, someplace that you know this means work and not necessarily the kitchen table uh, where everything else happens in in the family. Uh, Make sure you've got a comfortable seat, you know, lighting, access to a computer, maybe even a blank wall or something that isn't, you know, junked up behind you. So when you do video conferences, it's not distracting to other people. So, right. so if you could think that out, that, that, that's great. It doesn't need to be a, a huge space because a lot of the stuff we're doing is digital. It just needs to be that place that you call your office for right. a while. Right. That's great. And what other tips do you have that can help um, work effectively at home? You know, managing time, it becomes critical. And uh, one of the things that, that I found and uh, a lot of my clients find helpful is this uh, technique called time boxing. Instead of just letting things come at you and you deal with things as they pop up, which really kind of maximizes this uh, distraction and disruption, is carve out time. You know, I'm, I'm going to spend you know, 90 minutes on this client project, then I'm going to take a 10-minute break. Or I'm going to spend two hours on this client project then I'm going to check email for my 15 or 20 minutes and respond instead of playing email whack-a-mole. If you live with other people, a spouse or a partner or, or kids, they may need some attention to you throughout the day. So you might want to say, okay, I'm going to take 45 minutes, 12 to 12.45, and, and that's going to be my lunchtime. I'm going to shut down, give them some attention, you know, give my brain a, a break, have some food, and then come back. That's a great idea. My grandpa used to say, you know, plan your work and work your plan. And we, we know from science that if we could work on 60 to 90 minute sprints and take some take a small break to give our brain a switching gears with our brain, uh, we'll be more effective when we're focusing on, on client work or firm work. So plan in some of those breaks. And you might want to think about using your commute time more wisely. I live about 30 miles from Denver. Uh, when I commuted, it would be about a 30 to 45 minute commute each way. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to worry about that. So, right. so maybe you want to think a little bit about uh, if I'm going to be getting up at, at 6 or 6.30 anyhow, uh, I used to have a commute time. Maybe you want to start a little bit earlier so you can build some time into your day for those things that are going to pop up. Uh, family disruptions. You might be finding yourself checking the news more frequently or right. checking it with social media, but that way you're still using the same amount of time that you used for work before. You just may shuffle it a little bit differently. That's a, that's a great idea. Tip number eight is building time to connect with colleagues. And um, I think that's going to be important for everyone, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. And uh, we'll maybe get into this a little bit later about talk about leading remote teams, but making sure that you feel connected, part of that team, that you're, you're in the know, that your work has meaning, that you're connected with other people is important. So make sure you're, you're carving out some time for that as well. Do you think a lot of firms are having group conference calls together on a regular basis? And if so, how often do you think they're doing that? I think it all depends on the, on the group. One of the tips I recommend with leading remote teams is uh, connecting with your team as a leader uh, more frequently and in different ways. And so in times like this, it's really important to over-communicate, to let people know what's happening because things are changing and changing so quickly. I see a lot of team leaders having 30-minute 
Monday morning check-in calls and it's a Zoom call. Everybody is on it. Everybody's on video and we kind of go around and say, so how are people doing? What resources do you need? What's getting in the way of, of getting work done? You know, what, what do we have to do to focus on execution? And then also having one-on-ones. And I think it's really important for leaders to have one-on-one meetings with people on their team to, to check in because there are some things they're not going to say in that meeting where it's time limited. And in this, in this case, leaders really need to be thinking about how they coach their team members, meaning actively listening about what's happening, what's going on with them, understanding what resources they need, helping to remove those obstacles to being productive and, and focusing on the tasks and, and coaching them to next steps that, that help them be more productive. One of the things you're going to find in a crisis like this is the work changes, people's responsibilities change, roles change. They may be permanent, it may be temporary, you don't know. But, but there's a lot of things going on within a team that are disrupted uh, with this. And the leader needs to both uh, check in as a group, but also check in one-on-one. Right. And I know that you talked about meeting apps, video meeting apps. What do you think some of the better ones are out there that attorneys should look at? Uh, you know, it's, it's no surprise. It's in the news every day. Everybody's turning to Zoom. I've been using Zoom for webinars and, and video meetings for years. I find it high quality. We're using it today. Project management apps. If, if you're not using Slack with a team, I'd give that a shot. One of the things that Slack does is it removes or reduces the um, email flow and it's real time and it's archivable. So if you want to chat with people or you're talking about things or there's three or four people on a project, I'd love Slack. It's been very productive. Project management uh, tools like Basecamp and Asana, I think are are very helpful, especially if you're dealing with lots of documents, shared documents, Mm -hmm. and trying to collaborate with complex projects. And a lot of my clients and your clients are, you know, they're multiple people, lots of moving parts, and you should be thinking about some sort of app to kind of help with that collaboration and keep everybody on track. And I know this, people don't want to hear this, but this is a great time to innovate, you know, yeah. because clients, you know, it's not just your team that's remote and disparate and in the computers that your clients are too. And so if you can bring as a, as a firm or a team, a solution to your clients that uses artificial intelligence or a dashboard or a, or a new project management system to help them keep on track and be focused, you have that chance of building loyalty like you've never had before. So right. always thinking, you know, talking to your clients, what's going on? What are your struggles? What are your challenges? You know, how can we help with this? You know, can we get some of your people and our people together and, and think of a, a dashboard that might solve this problem or a communication system or a, or a checklist or, or an AI tool that might automate some of these things? Uh, this a is idea. a great time to do that. Yeah. What are some other ideas that you'd like to share with people to help them stay sane and focused during this time? Great question. Well, tip number 10 is don't be too hard on yourself. Mm. And, you know, the corollary is be conscious of, about your mental health. This is a really tough time. And uh, I don't know about you, but we've certainly had flare-ups in my family about, you know, stupid things and we're on edge and we're stressed and we don't know what the future is going to look like. And this is an anxious time. And so if you're not finding yourself 100% productive, that's okay. You know, there's, there's tomorrow. This is still a transition time. So try to make that transition 
stack the odds in your favor by doing some of these things we've talked about in terms of uh, workplace and focus and breaks and, you know, eat well, get exercise, you know, take care of yourself. Another thing is to think about stop working at the end of the day, figure out when that's going to be for you. And that's hard to do. My wife read these 12 tips and she said, you know, you would do well to do that. Uh, I don't do that very well. But, but, you know, if you typically come home at five or six at night or seven at night, maybe you want to call, you know, say, we're going to call it quits, try to try to call it quits right. every day at seven o'clock, have dinner, spend time doing something that is uh, healthy, it's reading or watching TV or, you know, spending time with the family. You have to make a ritual to, to make that shift in gears right. and take some time to be, um, to reflect and be grateful. This is a big deal. You know, people are going to remember this. And I remember when we first moved to Colorado, uh, a year or two afterwards, we got eight feet of snow in a couple of days and we lost power and we were isolated, uh, didn't have TV. And, uh, you know, that those eight days without power, with the four of us stuck in the house, wow. were some of the best memories our kids ever had, right? No kidding. And there was no TV and there was no internet. And, <laughs> and we just went out, we played and we, you know, we, we played games. You know, this might be an opportunity for you to, to stop and say, right. yeah, what do I really value? And what's really important? How can I shift some of the priorities in my life and, uh, and, and make life more meaningful for me? And that's interesting. Along that point, I always believe that there's a surprising benefit in everything. And just because I've been recruiting for so long, I've had some good years, I've had some bad years, I've had surprising benefits come from previous catastrophic events similar to this. And with this event, I'm actually seeing some surprising benefits at home. My little girl who's eight says she loves having lunch with me every day. That's great. And then another benefit is I didn't realize I was spending that much on dinners out and happy hours and uh, hotel costs. And then the other benefit is within her school, unfortunately, we're in a top-ranked public school area. They are shut down for the end of the year and they're doing the best that they can. But we just decided to just find a homeschool curriculum that's already proven, tested, vetted, and has won awards and sign her up for that and finish the second grade on a high note. And she said she may even just want to do this for a long time. So we'll see. So I think the point is that even though there is adversity, sometimes it is possible to harness that adversity and leverage it and use it as a resource. You just have to be open to looking at it that way, which is hard because you have to feel, you have to literally go through the grieving process of a big change and get to the point where you're able to look at it like that. And one thing, thankfully, just with your business, my business within the legal world, they're not putting widgets on conveyor belts they can pivot and work at home and still do okay. They might not be as effective as before, but they're still going to make progress. So thank God for that, right? And people remember this time. This is a, uh, it may sound weird, but it's a great time to build loyalty. Loyalty, uh, your clients to you and your firm and your team, associates and, and staff members uh, to the firm too, if, if you play it right. I remember working with a lawyer who's now retired. And, and he said, you know, I'm always going to be part of this firm. I will never leave. I, you know, right. no matter what. And he said, I so this is why, you know, years ago when I was a, a young partner, I got into a motorcycle accident mm. and it was, it was tragic for me and my family and the firm continued my pay full uh, blow. And they took care of my family and they brought meals. I checked in with my wife and they came visit me. And he said, it was, it was nine months in the hospital and rehab. Wow. 
And, oh my. And, and they just stood up because they wanted to support me and my family. And I don't care what happens in terms of uh, recession or change of leadership or policies. He said, I, I've committed myself. And right. this is the type of thing that we can, we can apply now. You know, what can I do to help my clients? Am I calling my clients to find out what's going on? What can I do for free? How, what value adds can I add right now? Everybody's upside down. What can I do with my team for my team? How can I help them? How can I, I provide resources for them? You know, if there's a choice between layoffs and and cutting cutting compensation a little bit for a number of months, you know, what would be better for my team? How can I go that extra mile? And this is the time that people will remember. So so think about how can you build loyalty? How can you build bridges and help other people at this time? Well, Mark, I think you've got some great ideas. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you coming on on short notice. And as I told you, this is an initiative where we want to push out content that's very specific and very unique and very helpful to those special people that are attorneys in the, in the law firms that we work with, because we know people need ideas, they need solutions, they need resources. So thank you so much for all that you do. And again, if anybody wants to read the 12 tips on Mark's blog, the website is leadershipforlawyers.com. Click on the link that says blog. And then you'll find it there. And we'll put that link on the show notes as well. And thank you again for coming on, Mark. And I'm sure we'll have you here in the next few months. And hopefully it'll be a brighter, happier place in the world. And we'll have good things to talk about. Scott, thank you so much for having me. And uh, stay well. Thanks. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.